0: Woo! Well, I forgot to welcome everyone there in that little intro. Uh, something different there, Rocket. Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. To the, all of the listeners who uh, keep tuning in week in, week out, we do appreciate you. We thank you. And uh, hopefully we can deliver once again whatever it is that we do deliver to you when uh, Rocket and I tune in on whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I know there's no rhythm. There's no rhyme to it. But uh, the man's back. Here he is. He's back. There he is. Oh, you're going to build up. You love it, don't you? You love it. You love it. How are you, Rocky? Are you well? I'm good, just spending a lot of time practicing my chipping. Oh, (sighs) uh what rocket's referring to there is just another one of his fine comedic pieces that uh he sometimes chimes in with on the instagram world uh you know, we've just um, for those of you in other parts of the world um this is lockdown central we've just had lockdown 3.0 the third one in melbourne uh, short it, was only, sharp. it was only a short sharp as they like to refer to as a circuit breaker we're now at the back of that we're back open for business we're back on the golf courses which is great but uh rocket was out there doing some gardening and um Rocket's gardening isn't just every normal man's gardening. You know, he's got the big serious equipment. Um, you know, his front yard you could fit three par not, uh, par threes in there. Yeah, you know, he said he was practicing his chipping. He sent me a video with uh, wood chipping. I'm just practicing me chipping. <laughs> Comedy gold from you, Rocket. Comedy gold, and you know, I at least had two people laugh, uh, send me laugh emojis and tear emojis. So, um, you know, it obviously hit a hit a sweet spot with some people. Uh, how are you? <laughs> You well. I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. Now, very one, good. one of your favourite, um, you know, what are the segments again? Hold on, I've got them written down. I am trying to No, honest. we just roll, you know, so we
1: have a bit of what's caught my eye, a bit of radar stuff, and then, then we have a look at what's happened the week before. Okay. So we'll call it the rear view. Then we look at what's the week ahead, roll on. Okay. And then we do the rabbit hole where it's like it's right. nothing to do with golf and uh, I just provide some just brilliant content for people.
0: Well, the captaining of this ship is is being handed over to you so rear view is second, is it? Yes yeah okay, so re- I'm just writing this down on the digital um, notepad here uh, ra- <laughs> radar radar is first, is it? yeah, it's like what's called my eye okay, radar is first rabbit hole is four and the roll on is three which roll on is three okay yeah great I think i've I think I've got it now. Um, I haven't had it clearly in the past few weeks. So I've told everyone we've got segments. So I told them we're doing this new format. Clearly, I'm a dunce because uh, I didn't have it worked out. So it's time for Rockets Radar. <laughs>
1: almost feels like a segment yeah. on Saturday Night
0: Live. Like Daryl Summers has been
1: introducing like five like red faces or <laughs> something like that. Oh. <laughs>
0: We, we've tried to do the uh, segment introductions on two of the three podcasts. I'm on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast is a bit more serious than this, but um, yeah, the, oh. Ross, the Ross Gun Rockets is a bit of fun, and also the Blake Blakey. Won't,
1: it won't take much to be more serious. <laughs> I said a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
0: you, you and I, you and I both. Uh, but the golf rules, <laughs> the golf rules questions podcast listeners, uh, who we try and levitate uh, that topic of um, you know, golf rules, and we, we Blake and I have a bit of fun there, and yeah, you know, we've tried. I might have practice that sort of segment intro on that one but um if you if you want to hear that go and check it out just do all the
1: serious stuff on the other ones not this not not in this this world
0: rocket the Um, tap podcast we can do what we want if you don't want to tune in you don't have to and if you do well uh, welcome back and thank you again and feedback always welcome
1: yeah if you don't want to tune in subscribe and if you want to tune in subscribe
0: Uh, if you want to Um, do if you want to tune in and get some stickers you know send us a, a note and we'll send you some of the My Love of golf podcast stickers they are going gangbusters let me tell you rocket have i sent you yours yet no, oh. sorry, <laughs> sorry about that.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. I'll I want to see.
0: I want to see one on the caravan. I want to see one on the the, the beamer, uh, and I want to see one on the laptop. Uh, where else can I see one? A
1: laptop. Yes, the other two things. No. Oh really? Yeah. Especially not the beamer because that's that's Mrs. Rockets. Yeah. Yes, it's not going to
0: fly. It's like got any golf sticker, you know, it's subterfuse, mate. You've got to put it on there and stick it on and see, you know, just let it – like, I'm going to put one in the locker room at Peninsula Kingswood. And see. Yeah, yeah, I have no
1: idea the world I would walk into if I just did that. <laughs> it's,
0: a nice oh, little, it's a nice little sticker, rocket. It's like a little pennant. Um, could be confused with a private school logo on the back of the private school cars. Do you know, do
1: you know who's laughing their ass off right now listening to this? is Ma Rocket, because she knows, Mrs. Rocket, what she's like. So she'd be hearing this, laughing so hard, thinking about exactly, she knows exactly what had happened to me, what did that.
0: Well, anyway, before we get into it, if uh, I'm only serious, um, we've got a limited number of the limited edition uh, My Love of Golf podcast uh, stickers. Uh, It comes in a couple of different types, and if you want one, uh, hit us up. Emails, ross at mileofgolf.com or hit up Rocket on the Instagram, whoever you follow, rossflannigan.golf, ross.flannigan.golf, whatever way you choose to find us, let us know and I will post you one wherever in the world you are. Uh, I'll post you two, one for yourself and one for you to stick somewhere obscure and uh, we'll see how we go. But um, yeah, and on the topic of my Rocket, we're going to talk a little bit of Tasmania Golf because I am excited, Rocket, uh, on a couple of fronts, uh, one of which you are going to lead the discussion on and one of which I am going to let you know what I'm up to. But uh, <laughs> uh, as we do it again, uh, it's time for Rockets Radar. Yeah. Yes.
1: So what's caught my eye this week? Well, uh, there's obviously been over the last few weeks a lot of news about Seven Mile Golf. So the new course that's going to be built down uh, Seven Mile Beach um, by Clayton DeVries and I can't remember the other dude. Pont. I just know the two popular ones. Frank,
0: Frank Pont.
1: There you go. CDP. Mm. Um and, you know, that project is, is um, the brainchild of Matthew Goggin, Tasmanian um, professional um, and also a wonderful dude. You know, I've had the pleasure of playing a lot of junior and state golf and travelling with him at state level. And, you know, you can't meet a nicer fellow and also an ambassador for um, state golf. Um. Well, sorry, I just I almost started reflecting. Right, I thought I'd have a bit of control, but I, I'm not. I'm reflecting on you know. Oh, are, you, are you getting time, a, Are of, you
0: getting a bit of emotional about your uh, reflecting on your time as a junior golfer representing the state of Tasmania and playing alongside yeah you know, the greats and including Matty Goggin? It was, it was yeah. A,
1: well, the thing is, is there's there's a couple of podcasts he did. Um, he did a couple. He's done a couple in the, over the last month or two talking about this project. Um. I've known about him having a crack at this one for a fair while. Um, so I know he's talked about it. He goes back a fair way. And I know it was just trying to get a lot of approvals and get stuff off the ground. And, you know, the, the, the podcast he did with um, with Rod Morrie, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's the, uh, the Golf Australia one or whatever it is. The Good Good Golf Podcast, Rod Murray yeah. and Adrian Lowe. Yeah, yep. I think that's the one. I think yep. that's the one. And quality stuff. He talked a bit about the course, but he talked about his career and stuff like that. Um, you know, he talked about obviously his family and where he's come from. You know, obviously the you know some of the things that he's gone through in terms of you know losses of people that are close to him. Uh, a couple of them, well, one of them at least, I I had the experience of um, spending time with as well. Um, so for me, it was like, you know, what, am I going to talk about Seven Mile Golf, or is it going to be just some more Tassie golf? Because um, you know, his mother is revered in Tassie, but even around the around the country, you know, she's probably one of the Australia's greatest women's golfers. This golfer, regardless of professional amateur, just flat out, just golfer. What's and it, what's
0: Matt's mum's first name? Lindy. Lindy, Lindy Goggin. It. Lindy Goggin. Yep.
1: Legend. Absolute legend. Um, and you know, he talks about his journey. Talks about um, the, the, what it's like in Tesi golf, and it's so funny because he was spot on. Um, I'm not going to go into that. I'm just everyone listen to the podcast because he explains it, and he's absolutely spot on. Um, and it is. It's you know, this parts of where I started to think and reflect on you know different players that you, you encounter over the, over the journey older as well, that try and sort of help lift you up. Um, you know, for me, it was like, you know, the two goods down there. So, you know, played with well, state golf and stuff like that with Anthony he's the son of Peter and then Peter's, um, Peter's um, brother, John too good. Um, he's just a wonderful, uh, almost like a mentor to me, you know, through junior ranks you know, the likes of, you know, people may or may not know them. So like, you know, there's um, Michael Leadham, used to be a state cricketer, but wonderful golfer, you know, and there's some crazy dudes down there, the doc. People know who I'm talking about when I say the doc. And, you yeah, know, and then I, I'm, I was lucky enough to play a lot of golf with Matt. Um, I did spend a lot of time even um, with him at, at Royal Hobart on the, you know, practicing, you know, on the range. And, you know, one of the things I was, you know, which Rod Morrie didn't know is that one of Matt's big passions is around music and he's actually played on stage with a a couple of um, famous people. So Matt can can, uh, walk the walk with the guitar and, you know, we would talk about, all sorts of music and grunge music and stuff like that. And we were kind of the odd ones sometimes on, on the range during some training state training sessions and stuff like that when he was there, because, you know, he, he spent a lot of time in the AIS, AIS and traveling even um, overseas, playing a lot of tournaments either national or playing in events and stuff in the U S um, but you know, he was, he was great. So even him trying to work on his own game and trying to make the most of himself, he was, he'd still spend quality time with you as a person. So, you know, he's just a good dude. I, Some people And the unfortunate thing is that because of where he'd come from, you know, and the other thing is that it's the, the Goggin family is, is revered as well, right? So you've got um, his uncle who was a, a legend at Geelong Football Club. You know, his, his dad is a, is a well renowned horse trainer, his grandfather was a titan of industry in uh, in Tasmania, and you know a lot of people just kind of thought he was like silver spoon, but he certainly wasn't. He was he's just a top bloke, still
0: is. So that uh, story that he tells, and there's an article, a good article that everyone should go and read, and it's on Twitter there, and you can download that, and um, you I think know, the handle handles like at Seven Mile Golf. Yeah, that's it. Um, so go and read that. I've spoken to you know. Not only yourself, Rocket, but a couple of people that have read that and, you know, just... Even got, even got my... I'm drinking a mercury cider too. There you go. How <laughs> about that? You, you are a good statesman. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, that's... Dry. It's, it's a, a green one. It's the best. It's a great article. You know, Rocket... Uh, from what I gather, and I don't know Matt, I'm uh, a bit older than uh, you bloke, so um, I never played any of that sort of sub-junior scene uh, where Matt was part of that. I remember following him uh, when he turned professional and always admired him. You know, he was a, the black hat guy and, you know, he's he pretty sedate in his um, choice of wear and very particular about sponsors and all that sort of thing, if I remember correctly. Um, you should reach out to him and it'd be great to have a chat to him. You know, like like most people who are, you know, thrust into the limelight when they put you know, some good work out there, they get obviously chased by people like us wanting to talk to them, and I'm sure there's several other podcasts in Australia that have already spoken to him or already got him lined up, but, you know, I think if, if, you know, I don't know if you're into that rocket, we haven't really spoken about it, this is not prepared, none of this is ever prepared or rehearsed, but you should try and reach out to him, because, you know, I think if anyone would give a different perspective or or get some level of other insight, it would be you, based on your, you know, your your personal experience uh, with the man, and You know, he was was a great golfer. I I love watching Matt Goggin and and probably could have, should have been, you know, achieved a bit more. But you know what? I think he he sounds like he's pretty happy in in his space and, uh, you know, the legacy, what he's he's about.
1: You think about, you know, and and he talks about this with Rod Murray in terms of, you know, he could have, could have, could have, would have, should have, right? There's a lot of could have, would have, should have. Yep. But at the same time, you think about, come from Tasmania, show me another Tasmanian that's achieved what he's achieved on the world stage.
0: Yeah. 100%. Hundred percent, and yeah. Oh, so, so you just have to—you don't have to listen to Matt too long speak to, to realize that he's very comfortable in. in Nearly his... won a British
1: Open. He did. I played oh. in the final group with Tom Watson. If it wasn't for that freaking back the back half of that, 14th hole, the par three, ah, oh.
0: could have been. Yeah, no, I remember that very, very fondly. He
1: was—he was in the. Lead, he had the lead by shot, standing on that one. He hit this absolutely just pure. I think he hit a three iron in there and just landed on this back shelf, and it was like this hard spot. The group before that was um, Westy had hit the similar shot and had just one-bounced it into the back trap, where if it was a little bit softer, it's like eight feet.
0: Oh. Yes. Well, anyway, that's my challenge to you, Rocket. Uh, reach out to Matt, and I'm sure that uh, we can get him on a Zoom in whatever part of the world he is. I think he's overseas at the moment, but um, mate, that'd be that'll be great. But more importantly, the work that they're doing down there with Clayton Devries Pont at Seven Mile Beach. That course is going to be epic i'm telling you oh, i know enough about
1: that land not i haven't walked it as much as what Matt has over the over the journey but it's going to be it's going to be ridiculous
0: mm. well you're starting to see some of the schematics come out some of the topographic views from uh from clendervis pont and uh you know they're very very excited you don't have to talk uh, or listen to to Clates too long to realise the level of his enthusiasm he's got for that. He's obviously very well connected to Tasmania and the beauty of golf in Tasmania.
1: Well, I look at it, it's a really smart... So not only... well, see, Obviously, Matt and Clates go way back, right? They've been talking about this site for a very, very long time. And obviously, Matt's under no obligation to to, to pick Clates, right? But the fact that Clates is with DeVries um, and DeVries track record... I, I look, think of Kate Wickham. Mm. Um, it's, it's an astute choice, and the good thing is that Matt Matt's of the like mind. But and I think also he knows what he wants, and this is oh, I want to put a moxie on it or a moz on it, but this thing is going to be. Oh, it's going to be all world top. It'll be a top. I reckon it will be up in there in the Cape Wickham top world rankings. I'll well, go that far.
0: By all, by all accounts, uh, everyone's saying that. Uh, I did pick up on something the other week, which made me chuckle. Obviously, um, the professional tours around the world, you know, especially for the Australian guys that you know, like Matt uh, Griffin, friend of the podcast, been on the podcast before. Great, great guy. Great ambassador for Australian golf up there in Japan, very successful. But, you know, you think about what he's faced with. You know, he's stuck here in Australia playing on the Australian tour and, you know, trying to win some a small amount, play for smaller purses. He put a tweet out there, you know, when he not finally realised, I think it's fairly obvious, and it was only tongue-in-cheek, but he, he says, oh, it might be time to dust off the resume. Anyone uh, want to employ an e- economist uh, that hasn't practised for, you know, 15 years or something like that? And Clates tweeted back, come down and dig some holes at Seven Mile Beach. <laughs> and, and and I thought, it made me think, I thought, you know, if there was something that I could come back as, you know, like if I wasn't doing what I was doing, you know, as I've always joked about me, you know, my brother was the uh, excavator operator and built some golf courses with Bob Harrison and, and the like, um, you know, up in the Hunter Valley. Uh, I'd love to do that. I would I would love to, you know, sit on a bobcat and dig and push and shape dirt. I know I'm making this sound I, very I, easy, listen to,
1: I listen to – I listen to – if anyone thinks about wanting to do there's any young listeners out here and they're thinking about golf course architecture, listen to anything from Gil Hans that will inspire you to want to just go out and just we'll call it get, get in the dirt. Um, because, you know, I think about it. If you're a young, if, you know, the likes of Doke and, and Hans, they, they were young and, obviously had no obligations, but that's how they started, right? They go out and they just try and find work on these sites and, you know, and start with picking up sticks and raking stuff. And then, you know, you, you get taught by all these other people how to do certain jobs Till you, you, you get taught how to just shape stuff and work machinery. You know, Gil Hans himself, actually it's on the, it's on the dozers a lot. And the thing is that, um, he even talks about how he's, uh, which I'm trying to remember which, there was one particular course where someone he was uh, working on a dozer, and they came down and said, "Oh, I'm looking for Gil Hans. Now we were talking to him, and Gil said, "I think he's up by the clubhouse." <laughs> just Gil got off the dozer, he got off the dozer, and he had his um, had his earpods in, listened to Grateful Dead or something like that. But you know, you know, who, who wouldn't want to do that? Just spend all day just creating stuff with a dozer. That'd be sick.
0: Uh, one of my favourite golf experiences at Naran and Portnew over there in uh, County Donegal and Ireland. And Gil Hans has been redoing that course under a couple of phases for a couple of years now. Can't wait to go back and see that. Um, my only experience is on a uh, dingo digger um, in the backyard. Oh, they're uh, the worst. I don't like them. Well, uh, yeah, in small space, uh, South Melbourne, back in the day, uh, many moons had ago, many choices. Many, I had no choices. But, you know, it was fun manipulating out little skids to around. We might, I might have to practice on something bigger if I want to make this dream come reality, and uh, probably might need to find a patch of dirt uh, of a certain size. Um, do you know anyone that's got a front yard big enough to push some bunker holes around and you know, push some dirt around, Rocket? Any suggestions there? Yeah,
1: there might be a few people in my street. I think we could
0: start that nine hole, uh, you know, three, you know, three hole par three course um, with a bit of practice for you know our future as um, you know, digger operators at the front there of your place. Oh. Oh. I,
1: when I moved into here about four years ago, I did have a chat to Mike about short past three in the front.
0: <laughs> we could we could make that yeah, Heron Flanagan Pont DeVries, Clayton. Um, no, that's a joke, people. That was a joke. Um, as you probably guessed. Anyway, uh, I can't say that I'm looking more forward. Uh, I'll rephrase that. I am looking forward to seeing what happens at Seven Mile Beach. I'm looking forward to you reaching out to Matty and seeing if he if he can chat to us. If he can't, if he can't. I think you've done him uh, a nice little justice there by you know giving him a bit of a, a rev up from your personal experience, but I uh, can't wait to see that. What I also can't wait to see, Rocket, for me for the first time, uh, my joke of being the only person in Melbourne never to have played Barb and Beagle, when I weekly shell out the teas and sell the balls and do all that. And I say to the people, you know, good enough to grace their, my um small business um, to buy their balls, where are you going? We're, 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 you know, a couple of dozen balls. Oh, I'm off to Barnburgle. Can't wait. And I say, well, I'm still the only bloke in Melbourne and it hasn't been. But uh, that is about to be broken and uh, Tassie opens their borders back up to us Victorians this weekend. Touch wood. Touch wood that it stays that way because... Uh, Heading down there with a the fan of the podcast, uh, a couple of fans actually. Um, well, I wouldn't say fans, they're, they're more friends, but they become fans. I pushed them into it. I pushed the play button. It goes in their ears, so they'd be, become a fan. And uh, we're going to Barn Boogle, hoping the Boogle yeah. run yeah. will be open on when we are there. It's touch and go at the moment. Uh, aside from the Boogle run, have you already got a, is it how many days? Uh, it'll be 36 on both, both courses, besides outside of Boogle run. It's, that's not.
1: we will be knackered. Sports yeah.
0: bar, all I can say, sports bar at Lost Farm
1: is you can't beat it.
0: Yep. Well, I'm probably, as I said, I'm the only person in Melbourne uh, that I reckon that hasn't been because the bloke's Even are- in the
1: clubhouse are just Barn Boogle, just having lunch, just sitting out on the balcony at the back. It's that's pretty awesome.
0: Well, I'm clearly You're not going to love it. going love it. As a, <laughs> a teetotaler, I'm clearly not there for the beer. I'm trying to reduce the food, so I'm, I'm lemon lime bitters. I'm only going for the golf, but I am looking forward to a little bit of time away, but uh, I can't wait uh, needless to say, and it's another one that I get to top off the uh, list of top golf courses over the world. All right, Rocket. What's next on the uh, the rundown? That's uh, that's a a bit of Genesis. That's the radar. So no, actually, no no, review. No, last week. Got the Bing Crosby clam bake. Talk about. So we've covered radar. I just want to get this right because the more I talk about it openly, I will remember it, so I don't have to review. We're looking the review. What happened last week? There's only four points to remember. There's only four points to remember. Okay, it's time for Rockets review. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna laugh every
1: time you say it because I think it's corny.
0: You wait, to look, you wait to look at someone on Fiverr to make up a you know proper theme tune when I can when we can you know if we can sell a couple of these stickers one day um, um you know we might pay someone to go rockets review anyway okay review <laughs> where, rocket. Do I, where do i start do i start with talking about the
1: positives and, and, you know or the negatives po- or how how crushed i was at a certain point in the tournament I, po- I don't know
0: positives only here positive vibes only good vibes only here rocket on this uh, my love golf podcast thank you let's go with that stuff. Daniel
1: Berger, what a f- it, Since since the uh, since the the re- resumption uh, of, of the tour from um, the hiatus last year, he's one of only a couple of players that have won multiple times. You know, so there's DJ, Colin, Berger, Ram. I think I'm missing one other. So he went from you know, only twelve months ago, he was like number one hundred in the world. Now you think he's knocking on the door of top ten.
0: And from the he, same, he played same, so well. Same team, played as, really well. Same college team as your boy Brooks. Yeah, played a year with uh, the big with the beast, fellow, fellow ginger ninja.
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Always going to he's,
1: he's you know he gets it around and and to his credit you know he's played really consistently all through the week. He was I think he was tied for the lead coming up eighteen at, you know, on Saturday and almost like cold block one. He, OB made double the ball sort of two behind Spieth. And I think his he, post conference, you know, post round, you know, they're like, you know, made double and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm only two back. Doesn't matter. I feel like I'm putting well, If I go out tomorrow and just continue what I'm doing. I think I'm going to put myself in a good position to win. So it's just perfect attitude. absolute perfect
0: attitude. But uh, he made up for it the second on the final hole of the last day. Oh, it was, it
1: was, it was really, it was really good golf. That back nine was the half final round was really good. There's a lot of people, um, contending, yeah. Cantlay contending. Spieth, know, trying to just keep the sellies all seal, you know, watertight. Um, yeah, Berger, Lashley. Oh, mate. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else was contending. I should actually have the list up of who, who finished on top. Why you get the list? So the, why you get the list? Yeah, up. so the main ones there. Yeah, so the main ones that were in contention were Cantlay, Spieth, Lashley, and Berger, and then you had a few sort of coming up from from behind.
0: So that was very much the positive for uh, Danny Berger. Well done to him. Uh, he played very well, especially the way he closed out that final round with that eagle on the last. Uh, you know, yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't done and done on that hole, was it? It was. It was.
1: No, he well he was. say, so Mav Mav McNeely who. I'm a bit of a fan of, you know, he played a spectacular final round. He hit this awesome, this belter of like a two or three iron into the last with the best aggressive top whirl you'll ever see. End up making birdie to share the lead. And so Berger had to make birdie on 18 to at least win by one. Um, but you still had a few behind him, you know, potentially could have forced his hand there, but he's he's rolled her in for eagle to win by just basically just completely put it in the bag.
0: Well, and as you say, com, com, um, thinking about what he did on the 18th the day before, you know, to to block that out and to use the, all the powers. He had a great shot about. into
1: 18. Like it was just a yeah. great drive. You think if you're you think you're tied for the lead on 18, and you know you, the day before you've cold blocked one right, you know, and you're trying to miss the water, and you know you're thinking. You know, you're almost thinking, am I trying to make par or do I need to make birdie? Mm. And he's hit just an absolute just screamer of a tee shot. And then his second shot, he's just ripped it. But and so, then he's finished it with a just a putt, just cold, dead center.
0: And it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a short putt. Like, he didn't actually stiff it close. It was pin high, but, you it was know. It good 20 feet. Easy. Yeah, anything could happen on those par around. A yeah, so all,
1: yeah, all he needed to do was make birdie. But, you know, he, he didn't, certainly didn't leave it short. Bang, bang. That's for sure.
0: Uh, Spieth. Yeah, you have to be pretty
1: positive look, if you're speaking. Look, he's finding confidence. Yeah. He's still he's still doing weird stuff with the driver, mm. but you know all the other things. You know he's finding something. Right? Yeah. If, is he if as long as he just figures out? I, I still think it's not a technique thing. It's in his head because it's the driver. Because like he still does weird stuff with the driver. It's it's pure confidence. And that's all it is. It's not a technique thing because. If it was a technique thing. He would not hit every other club in the bag like he hits every other club in the bag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's, and, you know, he loses shots to the field off the tee and he still finishes fourth. No, tied for third. It's fine. Well, and, and that, that, that goes to the fact that every other part of his game is still just elite. Like he's a really good ball striker and he's short. He's, he's, his game from 100 yards in is just world class. He just needs to just figure out in his head that he's just telling – almost like telling himself he's a good driver and just make a swing and forget about the result. Because if he does that and he just gets, finds a few more fairways, I'll,
0: I'm tipping. I'll, I'm tipping unlike we would have uh, last year or previous years. I'm tipping that he will win this year. I'm going to tip – that he will win at some stage this year, and and keep the golfing fraternity uh, very very inspired. Uh, oh, that'll be
1: like a big shot of adrenaline right in the heart of the golf.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm tipping that he'll win. He'll find something. Uh, that driver that he's got is pretty good. He'll he'll find it. You know, that, that's a that's a good good driver. It's uh, if I can hit that driver straight, buddy Speedy, you can. Come on, mate. Come on, the golf golfing world needs you winning.
1: And then 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 to. Yeah, that's all the positive stuff. And then there's Nate with a four jiggle on sixteen.
0: Did you give back everything that you received from the uh, golf gambling gods the week before? Did you give oh, it all absolutely away? Absolutely not. Not
1: absolutely not. not. No, no, no. So, um, Spieth, um Spieth and Speed finishing tied for third. Covered, covered my bets.
0: Oh, nice. So what Rocket's talking about there? If you didn't pick it up on his twitters, he I, had, I
1: had Nate. I had Nate for some good coin. Oh my god!
0: And and what happened? Uh, just just take us through uh, what Nate Lashley did to you, mate. It was it was a debacle. It was monumental. Oh. It was monumental. Well, he
1: was he'd taken the lead and he was he was playing really well, and he started to wobble. Around about eleven got up and down on 11, got up and down on 12, and then 13, 14, he's still sort of like, ooh, just, you can see him hanging on for dear life. And I'm like, oh, and then 16, which is it's really, it's just hit a hybrid or something down the left-hand side and just hit a mid iron or something into that back pin. Just try and make four. I think he was one, he one back? No, I think he was tied. Tied for the lead. And he's hit this terrible wedge shot. I think He's come up short. He's hit this cheap... No, long, long left, actually. He had the lefts. And then he's hit it onto the green. He's had, like, about a 15-footer for par, and he's ripped it about five feet past, and then he's missed that one, and then he's missed the next one, and then he's snuck in, like, a three-footer for a triple. And... Oh... All, all I'll say is the way he played seventeen and eighteen off the back of that, where normally you would be headless. Finished par booty. Mm. He he had, he had a really good chance on seventeen, he had a great shot into there. And so he finished well, but my goodness. I had he was hundred and fifty to one and I had him I had him at the start of the week at hundred and fifty to one.
0: Ooh, good. Nearly, nearly a good tip there. I don't know where you picked these ones from, but you know you, you are. Yeah, because he finished top ten last year. You, the form form savant. Uh, well done. Uh, if anyone is, you know, not a you know elite level golfer like Nate Lashley or, or Rocket here, um, yeah, you know, when you watch a, a pro for stab a green does make you feel better, especially if you're me and you four-stabbed the green. Oh, I've done it. Four, oh, I four-stabbed the green on 16, the par 3 at uh, Muna National last week and I, four, I hit a great shot and then four-stabbed. It Was ho- highly embarrassing, um, but it is paper, what it is. Paper thin,
1: there's a paper thin edge between mate, our uh, one partner and a four part, doesn't take much.
0: Look, the greens were sanded, there was a few time marks in them, but it was a four stabs, a four stab rocket, and it's very hard to come back until you see a pro do it on the world's biggest stage. Um, but I felt for you, and Andy Marr felt for you as well because, uh, yeah, he did,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he did too. He did too. He did. I was, I was devastated. That would have been.
0: A sick payday. He did come. He did come back to you with a brutal.
1: Uh, yeah, I was. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like this. Going to be this savant. I was so excited, but when that first putt went past, I'm like, oh. I just, and he missed that second one. I'm like, oh, no no, no. Uh,
0: just something on Andy. Uh, next episode of the Mile of Golf podcast coming out uh, shortly. Um, Will feature the one and only Andy Marr, one of Australia's great sports journalist broadcasters. He's a gun. There is not much that Andy hasn't uh, put his hand to. So we had uh, had a good hour with Andy the other night, and um, great to chat. Great man. I love um, having the opportunity to spend some time in his company on the golf course, and you know, being afforded the t- chance to have a podcasting with him. And we talked about golf and all of his stuff, and yeah there there's, there's not enough time to fill up all Andy Ma stories but um, yeah looking forward to putting that one out right Good, uh, and he he was he was uh chuckling at, um, at your expense uh, you know he, but he did empathize with you <laughs> yes. uh, all right um better roll on better roll on so what are we rolling on to this week
1: the LA open well it's not really the LA open because they, Gifted it back to the the women on the LPGA tour. So they call it the Genesis Invitational. I've only ever known it as the LA Open. Just silly.
0: Uh, what's the uh, catalogue of uh, winners of the LA Open? It's, it's pretty pretty significant, isn't it? Um, yeah, we've got the um,
1: we got the uh, the the kidnapper. <laughs> who's
0: the, who's the kidnapper? Bobby Bobby Allenby. Oh, that's a bit of the kidnapper. Uh, Robert. Sorry. Legend of Australian golf there. Yeah, well, but it's still the funniest story on the planet. It was a, it was a strange story. And, you know, when, let's not go back into the story, but if you don't know the Robert Allenby kidnap story, go back in and just, just look it up, up
1: Hawaii. Just look up Sony Open Robert Allenby.
0: Ba, 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 ba. Mike McGarrett knew it was needed to solve that. <laughs> Um, it's got a it's got a pretty good
1: um, list of list of winners here. So you know, and especially people that since they and they play well here, they play well a lot. So you know, a lot of multiple winners. Like Freddie Couples had won this one a couple of times. Um, Corey Pavin, Bobby won it in uh, two thousand and one. Six man playoff. Randall Chamblee was in that playoff too. Uh, Mike Weir, Wounded Duck, won it twice. Adam Scott's won it twice.
0: Last year's winner, as we announced in uh, the, uh, the intro, lefties
1: lefties won it twice. Bubba's won it twice.
0: Is my favourite left and right-handed golfer who I once owned a wedge from Mac O'Grady, in the winners list there back in the seventies there or Mac?
1: No, it would have been in the eighties. Eighties for Mac? No, no Mac Max Max.
0: And I thought he oh might. no!
1: I, I think I know the tournament you're thinking of. He didn't win the this one. Okay, there's that like '80s. He won a heap between like '84 and '86.
0: There was a tournament in LA because he was big, big golfer in LA. But MacGregor, uh, one of the strange, strange cats of golf that could play left and right-handed. Great stories.
1: Doctor Gil Morgan's won it a couple of times. There you yeah, go. so it's a pretty good field.
0: Okay, so winners. Good field of winners. It's uh, I think one of the ones that everyone likes to get. Scotty won it last year, so he's Back defending, I believe, and um... great course. What do you like about Riviera?
1: Um, one, it's just one of those old, timeless classics. The ball strikers course as well. Um, Why do you say that? Because you've got to shape. You, you got. You can't. You can't just bomb and gouge there. You actually have to move it around, and um, you have to be on your game. You have to be on your game. You know, if you look back the list of winners, you know. Most of the people that are really good strikers of the of the ball, they're the ones that are winning. It's just you know there aren't too many dud winners of this tournament. It certainly uh, separates the men from the boys. You know and, you know you got the Akureyri rough, so it's a little bit of a Australia feel to it. The, a lot of the greens aren't massive. Um, they can be tricky, and then the course is still just it's still quite um, classic in its design. From you know when it was built in nineteen like twenty twenty one. It's near LA. Yeah, it's just good bit of history as well. Hogan's Alley. Coming up eighteen.
0: There's a few classic courses tucked in those little rivulets and ravines of the uh, hills of the uh, outer suburbs of LA. And yeah, uh, well
1: the women played the they played the their LA Open at um, they played it at Wilshire last year. <laughs>
0: It's pretty much not quite not in downtown, but it's you know closer to downtown than out of town.
1: Yeah, and then a couple of years they'll have the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club.
0: Yep, that's going to be that's going to be epic. L.A.C.C. um, probably one of the top five most exclusive clubs to to get into and get access to. If you've ever played there, Mm -hmm. you've done very Mm -hmm. very well. Uh, And equally as Riviera is very uh, hard to get an invite there. I I thought you might have played there, Rocket, but in in one of your jaunts over there. Uh, Oh what? what,
1: Francesco is uh, a new member at Riviera. He's moved to LA. Oh, very good. So, yeah. oh, I might put in a call to him.
0: <laughs> Rocket, Francesco. <laughs> Who are you? I don't. Uh, I don't I think, think
1: I know you. I'm just having a look at the look at the field. The strength of field is actually pretty good. So, um, top 15, I think there's only a couple out of the top fifteen in the world that aren't playing. Daniel Berger withdrew. Don't know why. Probably a smart move, actually. It's probably just give it a break. You know, you've had a win, have a break, and then, you know, you can play some of the other tournaments. Um, so, who is playing of significance in here? Yeah, Mav's going to tee it up again. Danny Lee.
0: Is the Moulet, the, the Aussie, Aussie Moulet playing?
1: I believe so, yes. I'm. I'm not going through order. I'm just going through order of tea time. Actually, mm. uh, Cantlay,
0: Morikawa, I think everyone, Martin La- Martin Laird, Martin Laird. Uh, I think uh, Cam's mullets become as equally famous as him at the moment. It's
1: probably going to be as Shaggy as the rough there. <laughs> DJ. So he's probably just stopped rolling around in the blood money. Scotty obviously defending. Tony Finau, Neiman, Molinari. He played terrible with at the at and He was terrible.
0: Matty Wolf. The only the only person I've seen hit a worse tee shot than that, um, not on tour is m- myself. Uh, I hit, and Jeff Ogilvy is the witness. We were playing at a charity day, and the guys that I'm going to Bamboula with were there. We were playing a charity day. It's my home course. Jeff Ogilvy and Sue O oh are standing there watching. I think you could, we got a photo with them, and you know some charity stuff going on. Uh, it's the first at PK South, so fairly gentle par four down the hill, as you know. And uh, I thought I'll just rip a little five wood here. And I just drop the ball on the grass because I don't usually like to tee it up. And uh, and then as I'm over the ball rocket, I get the uh, mental mental um, heebie-jeebies, and I start talking to myself, going, "Oh, Jeff Ogilvy probably thinks that I'm a real flog here by just popping my ball down. Like he's probably sitting there thinking, who even does that these days? Oh, geez, Ross, you better hit this pretty well in front of you know the US Open champ and two O, also you know great golfer of the of the country." And Mine didn't even make it as half as far as Molinari's.
1: Uh, Every- I don't think I've – the closest I've come to topping one like that was my return to Pennant at, nearly 10 years ago. We are on the first at Commonwealth. She uh, – I was as nervous – I've never seen it. I've never had a crowd that big in Pennant, and it's been a while since I was playing um, Pennant, so it's serious stuff she came a little bit thin off the uh, off the three woods she was a burner low burner with no wind it's
0: good to get good to get him out of the way early i reckon uh, if you get it out of the way then you know you you, you can usually recover pretty well from that right right you know, uh, rocket let's uh, stop uh, self uh, flagellating each other here about our you know lack of greatness um who are you tipping this weekend rocket mr homer oh yeah yeah
1: mr homer he's 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 form for the last couple of weeks has been really good uh he finished um where did he finish last week? I think he finished like seventh.
0: Yeah, no, he was up there. He was definitely up there.
1: There we go, tied for seventh. Yeah. A week before he was he, his weekend wasn't that great, but it's like this. It's like all the little pieces are starting to come together, and and he finished tied for fifth here um, here last year, and he wasn't in the same um, frame mind. He was still the confidence is there, and and I think the the lockdown actually hurt his twenty twenty, but I got a good feeling that. This is the big stage. Is, is is ready? He's ready for it. Like all the little pieces are coming together. He's close, and I reckon this week he's gonna break through that ceiling. He's gonna break through that ceiling.
0: Okay, uh, your top uh, pick for top
1: Aussie. I'm going back to the Cameron zone. Going back Mr. to the Cam Mr. zone, Mr. Davis. Yeah, he's had a. He's had a. I don't think he played last week. Oh, actually no. I think he. did. Oh, I can't remember. But I'm, I'm thinking the Cam zone probably a bit more like Cam's – it's more outsider, right? Scotty's probably going to finish top, but I'm thinking I feel like Cam is going to – he also is close again. Right? He's, he's playing, been playing some good golf. You know, Scotty and, and the other guys have um, been playing either sparingly or not really shown a lot. So, you know, for Adam, it's going to be his first one for the year. Cam, Cam Davis. Davis has played sparingly, but Cam Davis I think is going to be top of
0: cam davis yeah sorry i've got that mixed up around so we've got cams we've got the cam zone we've got the two double cam zone cam davis and cam smith uh we've got leash and we've got scotty and we've got matt d jones playing uh i'm gonna have to um do paper scissors rock almost with you to split the uh the top scots because uh, we're only represented uh two times we're represented by rusty knox uh who had a pretty average uh scenario at uh, pebble beach mind you um Hope he's recovered from that. Uh, he made the ball move, um, and then we've got um, Martin Laird. Who do you pick out of Martin Laird? And I'm, I'm going to go with Lairdy on this one. I think Laird- I've got him
1: as a, my outsider. I've got him a bit of an each way.
0: Oh, really? Okay, good. I like Martin Laird. He's a he's a genuine ball striker, and he he's even at his uh, tender age of whatever he is now. He's getting on, but uh, he can win still.
1: Two hundred to one. Oh, wow.
0: Well, I'm going. I'm going Martin Laird as the uh, top Scott. It's only a choice of two, not rusty Yep, dog, Harry's two so. hundred to 201. Um, okay, it's uh, time for Rocket's rabbit hole. Are we moving on now? Or is this yeah, why r- yeah, not? Okay, on. right, okay. Well, we're only 50 minutes in, so we've dribbled on this long, so we may as well just finish it off with uh, rabbit hole. I, and just to put it, put it out there, I had no idea what's coming. Uh, I can't take any responsibility. I can't take zero credit. I have no idea what is coming. Uh, I believe I've been, like, quite
1: t- I've been quite tame this week, actually.
0: Well, I believe last week there was some uh, positive feedback. There was some uh, notes of thank you and gratitude uh, for yes. the information provided. The Brady
1: Six last week, the Brady Six. A lot of, a lot of feedback from the listeners that were quite pleased with uh, the Rockets rabbit hole from last week. And uh, yes, lots of um, very good positive feedback from astute listeners,
0: astute aficionados. Uh, okay, what's uh, this week's Rockets
1: rabbit hole? Well, I really I almost I didn't know what I was gonna go with before we jumped onto this one and I was thinking about what have I what have I dabbled in this week and a little bit of the theme of um music again and the other night so anyone for a bit of context, I'm a bit of a I have lots of different tastes, bit of but grunge especially as close to the heart for me. And I was looking up and I can't remember what, I think the song just popped into my head and I just wanted to watch it on YouTube and it was uh, Hole. So the band's name is Hole. Um, and songs, Doll Parts, probably one of my favourite songs. It's just, I don't know, for me, that song came out in 94 and as we're an 18-year-old rat bag like myself. I'm still a rat bag, just a bit older. And, uh, you know, there's certain songs that just sort of cut to the bone and they just you know, have you feel sort of emotions and stuff like that. So I've looked up this video and then always, as I do, like I love to digress a little bit and then down in the very first recommended video on the right-hand side is Miley Cyrus, AKA Hannah Montana doing doll parts on Howard Stern's show. And I'm like, it's almost like, all right, click. I'm going to listen to this. So there's Miley Cyrus doing doll parts and she, not heard of the song until like two or three days before when they first started practicing it. And I was subjected to Hannah Montana with two daughters, older daughters. And um, all I can say is she blew me away with her pipes. She can sing the house down. Like, like, so what she's whatever she's done with her voice in the last three years is amazing. So Miley Cyrus, I want everyone to start with Miley Cyrus, Doll Parts on Howard Stern, but then you have to keep digging and start looking at all the cover songs that she does. And the next one after Doll Parts, and it's probably going to be a downhill slope for every other song after that, is listening to Miley Cyrus do Heart of Glass um, for iHeart Festival. If you don't watch that more than once, you've got no soul because this is just ultimate power of the vocal cords. It is just
0: epic. It is epic. Epic. So, Rocket, can I just unpack that? So what I thought we were going down was, uh, you know, something from our formative years uh, in that sort of uh, grunge uh, 1990s music. We were going to talk about Courtney Love, you know, who was once upon a time married to – Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain uh, from Hole. We've ended up talking about Miley Cyrus. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, she she is a good good singer. Um, so
1: no, no, I'm like anyone listens to any of her stuff. So here's the thing: It's like the other, you know, you can dive a bit further. And anyone that's seen her sing um, Dolly Parton's Jolene, they will think, "Oh my God, she's an amazing singer." That was eight years ago. Whatever she's done with her voice in terms of training and looking after it in the last four years, holy cow. It is it is another level like if that is her instrument she is she's definitely tuning that thing and making sure that thing is an absolute weapon because i'm telling you anyone who listens to so listen, doll parts first you have to start with that one then listen to heart of glass oh oh my god hey yeah, i was i'm still i'm gonna go and watch it after this again because it's just that good is that good
0: well Rocket, well done. Uh, Another something that I wasn't expecting. So (laughs) if you weren't expecting out there in Listener Land, go and listen to Miley Cyrus' doll parts from Hole, Courtney Love. Listen to a bit of Courtney Love as well, but she was good. Uh, She was a rebel. Um, Listen to them all, but go and listen to Miley Cyrus and and report back if you like it. Tell Rocket. Um, Rocket, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, No problems. And uh, just to sign out... uh, I, I won't play the music. Uh, I'll play this music. Uh, let's see. Let's get that up and running. <laughs>